This podcast is now streaming on the Accounting Influencers main show. Subscribe to the Accounting Influences podcast to listen to more content just like this. You can also watch this episode on YouTube. Please like and subscribe to learn even more from the very best experts, thought leaders and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Insights in Accounting. Sponsored by Iris. Welcome to our Insights in Accounting show. On behalf of the Accounting Influencers Podcast Network, five shows going out every day of the week to the accounting and fintech world in 150 countries. This is the show where we take a little deep dive into some news or commentary or articles or piece that we've seen. I'm delighted to have with me today our guest host, Lucy Cohen. Hi, Lucy. Hi, Rob. How are you? Well, fantastic. Lucy, great to have you with us. We're featuring you more and more on these shows because you are on the cutting edge. You run a firm, but you also keep a sharp eye on the news and you appear in the news sometimes. What's caught your eye this week? Yes, I do sometimes appear in the news. Uh, Hopefully all good. But what's caught my eye this week is a trend that I've been noticing and something which is really pertinent, I think, in our post-COVID, post-pandemic world is the idea of the non-linear work week. So I read an interesting article on the BBC which talked about this and it speaks to something that I actually spoke about pre-pandemic, which is, I suppose, the millennial trend of us always being a little bit in work and always being a little bit at home. So if you think about your when we were in offices, a lot of us, we'd have our phones, we'd have WhatsApp, family might interrupt our day, we might have Facebook or LinkedIn open. So we're kind of in work and not in work and then at home we might have our emails on our phones and it all kind of merges and gels and it's quite kind of fluid the non-linear work day I think is an extension of that and it's come out of a post-pandemic world where a lot of people have realized that they don't need to do their job between the hours of nine to five and they can flex their role and their job to suit the hours that works for them And I think it's a really interesting concept. Well, let's dip into it a little bit more. We are seeing more of a bleed of personal into business as we have hybrid and working from home. So your kitchen table's there, your kids are there, the dog is barking. You've got to blend your personal life and your work life as well. So is it inevitable that we've got this crossover? Yes, in a word. Yes, I think it's inevitable. And I think it's really tempting to try to step away from it. So I remember having a conversation with a grandparent and they were sort of shocked that I'd pick up a, my phone at the weekend and just check on an email for something. I was waiting a bit of video production that someone had sent through at a weekend. And they said, oh, put it down. You, you're not in work now. You, it's the weekend. What are you doing? And I was like, no, 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 it's fine because I want to see this. I'm interested. I'm engaged. And that was years and years ago. And I think we've we've gone beyond that even more. And yes, it is inevitable, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's really tempting to go, nope, five o'clock, shut it down, don't look at it, close it, don't have a home office, take it away. I actually don't think that's realistic anymore in the world that we live in. I don't think it speaks to uh, expectations of service delivery. And I don't think it speaks to expectations of employees anymore. And as an employer, I increasingly see people wanting to have a more flexible form of working. So to give an example, we employ people who are neurodivergent and some of those are real morning people and some of those are real night owls and some of them do their best work at 11pm and some of them do their best work at 5am. Neither of those times are office hours in inverted commas, 
but they're using their talents to the best of their abilities to give that output-based work, which is what we want them for. So I don't see the harm in having this sort of flex. And it means in the middle of the day, maybe they're not at their desk in inverted commas for a couple of hours because they're off walking the dog or they're taking a nap or whatever works for them. And I think it's inevitable, but I think it could be, we look at it properly, it could be a very positive thing. As a former high school math teacher, I'm familiar with the idea that teenagers don't do well in the morning. So some schools have experimented with the idea of starting the school workday later, maybe 9, 10, 11 o'clock instead of 7. Because what good do you get out of a 16-year-old at 7 o'clock in the morning? There's not many. So then you have to do the, the workday late. So teachers are staying behind longer. But you get more out of your teenagers who are at that age into the examination phase of their life. So there's a lot to be said for this flexible working approach. It's more modern. It's what people want. We talk a lot about work-life balance. We talk about boundaries. We talk about fulfillment and purpose. I think we all know that people and employees especially aren't just motivated by money anymore. They're motivated by having something that makes them feel like they have purpose, something that makes them feel engaged. And if you need a work day that flexes around that and gets the best from people in that way, it's kind of cutting your nose off to spite your face to force people to work in a way and during hours that don't suit them. The counter argument, though, Lucy, might be something that Carl Reader mentioned on a recent episode on the hustle culture and this idea of always being on. Now, it used to be a badge of honour when people said, how are you doing? You say, I'm really busy. I've got thousands of emails and loads of voicemails. And it made out like you were very popular and in demand. But in effect, the always on hustle culture has forced quiet quitting and people to disengage because it is too much and they are stressed and they are overwhelmed and they don't want to be doing emails on holiday. So how do we strike a balance? I think we strike a balance by having personal boundaries. So this isn't boundaries around working hours. This isn't boundaries around what constitutes work in terms of swapping time for money. This is having output-based work. So working increasingly towards a workforce that knows what their deliverables are and has the freedom and autonomy to deliver those in the timescale that suits them best. We have employers and bosses who are respectful of that. And I think honest conversations. So as a employer, I might have an ominous conversation with all my staff to ask them what's their preferred time and method of working. What is a non-negotiable hard boundary for them in terms of contact? So if they never want to be contacted on a Saturday or Sunday, we can make a note of that and make sure that we don't do that. And it's just having this two-way conversation. I'm also not a fan of hustle culture. I think it makes people feel guilty for inactivity. And sometimes the best thing you can do is rest and recover and recuperate. But I think that strong boundaries, personal boundaries and clear communication are the way that we don't slip into that being presenteeism, if you like, in the workplace. And what was the balance of this article, Lucy? We'll put the link to it in our show notes for this episode. But what did it effectively come out with saying or recommending or commenting on? The assistant professor of behavioural science, um, a woman called Laura, I'm going to say this wrong, Gurge, um, at the London School of Economics and Political Science, basically talks around this being growing in popularity. And it didn't give a for or against, but it talks about, like you've just said, when things are asynchronous with people's productive hours, it doesn't do well for anybody. So maybe we want to take a look at ourselves and have a shift towards being more considered about when people work their best. We talk a lot about working with people's unique abilities, working with people's talents, bringing in the best talent to organisations. Part of that 
part of giving talent the space to thrive is giving them the environment that lets them do that. And it talks a little about that, which I found quite interesting. And it speaks into something I know you're very passionate about, which is the diversity, equity, inclusion agenda, that we are all different. We all have something to contribute, but we're going to do it in separate ways. Your weapons are not my weapons. Your talents are not my talents. We're wired up in different ways. We laugh at different things. We work different hours. We have different biorhythms or whatever you call it. And expecting a homogenous generic workforce to do a nine to five seems such a long way away in today's crazy. Yeah, I completely agree. And how boring to have a generic (laughs) workforce where everyone's the same. That might appeal to a certain sort of person, but it certainly doesn't appeal to me. And I think it probably doesn't appeal to a lot of people. I think the, diver- like you said, diversity in all respects and and inclusion. So the the ability to work from home allows people who maybe got mobility issues or disabilities to have an environment that's much more suitable for them and to work their talents. I'm, I take a little bit longer to get moving in the morning now than I used to. And if I had some sort of uh, disability or or you know something that meant it I was slower to get up in the morning and it was harder for me to physically get to an office I'd be really grateful of an employer who let me kind of work around that so yeah I think how unbelievably boring would the world be if we all just worked in the same way um all the time I remember a pastor preached a sermon once at my church and he said consider what church might be like if everyone in church was like you and for a second I thought that would be amazing because they'd all think like me and they'd all be really direct in the conversations and they'll all just boss things and get things done and and then I thought wait a minute well who'd clean the toilets and who'd do the teas and coffees and who'd do all of these things that I have no idea exist but they do happen who do all the preaching who play all the instruments and we need the bible talks about we are one body with many parts So we all play our role, but we all do it in a different way. So this is great, Lucy. Thanks for bringing this to our attention. Just a a couple of final thoughts. What would you say to the leaders listening or the managers, the bosses that are shaping culture and managing a diverse hybrid workforce? What are the key takeaways for them from this? The big thing here is communication. So talking to your staff and finding out what their unique abilities are how they want to work and what's going to work best between you and them as an employer, then communicating what you expect your deliverables and outputs and inputs to be. Once you've got all of that clear, you can quite easily work out a work schedule or non-linear work day that allows that to happen. But the number one thing you have to do is talk to people. You can't make an assumption about why someone might want to work some hours or not. I remember when I was a teenager, I used to get called lazy for staying in bed and it's not the case at all. Uh, even now, uh, my natural waking time left on my own devices would be 8.30, pretty much on the, regardless of what I do, 8.30 is when my brain switches on. So speak to people, find out what works for them, find out what works for you, and then find a way to make it happen together. I think that's probably key to getting this to work as a manager. That's brilliant. Lucy Cohen, thanks so much for your time today. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Insights in Accounting. Insights in Accounting. Giving you the edge, the latest news, analysis, and recommendations in the accounting and fintech world. Sponsored by Iris, 